Welcome to the Adonis Index Podcast. I'm John Barber, and with me is Keith Coombs. He placed in the last contest. Uh, go check out his pictures at AdonisIndex.com. All right, Keith. So let's um, let's start with well, let's start with what you did before Adonis, like as far as fitness training, what your goals were. Yeah, before the Adonis Index, I was like most people. Yeah, you know, I I went to a commercial gym where they you know they had a lot of machine weights, but never really saw too many, too much in in regards with results with it. Uh, when I was in high school, I started lifting weights, but it was just your basics, you know, uh, bench press, incline press, preacher curls. So where did you even get your idea on what to do? Like magazines, friends, like what? No, I just, I followed football players no, okay. uh, when I was in high school. Uh, there there was always preaching the, the bench press. Yeah. And, um, you know, the standard military press. Other than that, I just bounced around. There was really no structure to my training. I basically would do the same exercises three days a week. Uh, okay. And how long did you put, do that for? Oh, I would say maybe uh, like through high school. I did it for a couple of years. And mm. after high school, I went to a commercial gym for about a year. But then after that, I just kind of lost interest in in lifting weights. Just you get caught up with life or was just results weren't as good enough to put up with the, the hassle of going? Yeah, the results to me, I just the the drive to the gym was like a half hour mm-hmm. and you know i i would i would put in a lot of i, I would go to the gym for like an hour and a half a day mm-hmm. you know it just it just the time put into the gym and the results that i wasn't getting it just seemed like a complete waste of time right all right so you so, so then you sort of that goes by the wayside for how long before you pick it back up again i would say Probably eight years. Oh, okay. So you you were off for a while. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I just recently. I just started lifting weights again. Well, I I was started lifting weights. I wouldn't say eight years. Uh, maybe four years. Cause I, I remember when I went to college, I I picked weight lifting back up again. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, but, but at that time I focused there? more on strength. Oh, okay. Did you have a structured program there, or were you just sort of winging it again? Just winging it again. Yeah. <laughs> well, most people do that. You know, I mean, if you want big arms, you know, everybody, they, they tell you to do the preacher curls and maybe, you know, alternating, alternating dumbbell curls. You know, so you do those, but they're like a big chest. They always say the flat bench, but... I always had this mentality, you either go heavy or you go home, mm-hmm. and if you want to be big, you have to eat big, so in, in college, that was my mentality. And how'd that work out? Uh, I got strong. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah. I did I didn't, you know, at, I was still in my 20s at that time, and I'm a relative hard gainer, so... Uh, at, I didn't really put on any muscle. I mean, I probably put on some muscle, but I probably had a lot more fat, so I really couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I got kind of disappointed with that. Um, when I came to Japan to study, I tried doing some weight training here, but I didn't really understand the difference between pounds and kilos. So 
I decided to have more fun here than than <laughs> weight training. <laughs> okay, so then, so then, how far? Okay, so we're moving along in the storyline here. How how much? When do you, when do you find us? Uh, I found I found AI probably three years after that. Oh, okay. Or three or four years after that, actually. Um, at that at that point, I had been doing a program my brother turned me on to. It's called the Strong Lifts Five by Five or something. Oh yeah, I know that one. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I still and nutritionally, it was just a train wreck. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when they say that you you can gain fifteen to twenty pounds of muscle in X amount of months. Uh, it might be for a newbie, but, you know, I was in my late 20s, I think, when I started doing that. So eating, gosh, I think almost 4,000 calories or more a day yeah. just to keep up with the, the strenuous exercise from it. I had no idea I was actually wrecking uh, my body doing that. I mean, yeah. I got really big. What? How big? <laughs> uh, I was pushing almost 200 pounds. Uh, my legs got so big, I couldn't even fit my jeans anymore. <laughs> okay. My brother, I had to have my, I asked my brother to send me some jeans from America. Yeah. And my brother and I were, uh, we're relative, I have a twin brother. We're relatively, the, the, I thought we're the same size and the jeans he sent me, I couldn't even pull them up over my over my thighs so <laughs> so at this point do you think you just have really muscular legs or are you cluing in that maybe you've got a layer of fat you don't need uh actually i had convinced myself that uh that i was muscular i mean i didn't have the definition because i didn't really understand how to get that mm -hmm. but i was really convinced that it was all muscle until uh I, uh, you know, I, I think Elliot was one who turned, Elliot Hulse turned me on to AI. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think I bought the Muscle Foundation program first. Yep. And then I started going through that, and I really enjoyed that. And I was like, oh, well, I might as well get the 3.0 program, too. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to, to, to have something to follow after the muscle building program. So I never did the the 3.0, by the way. I ended up <laughs> doing like IXP or something. Sure. Um, um, but somewhere in there, you start realizing maybe you're not as as densely muscled as you think you are. Yeah. Well, yep. Yeah, uh, when I started reading through the Ideal of Proportions, mm -hmm. uh, Adonis book, I started to question uh, everything that I had been led to believe um, up until that point. You know, uh, was that, was that a good, like, okay. So how was that feeling good? Or was that like, did you feel like a bit of a sucker or were you just like, okay, I got work to do or what was that feeling? Actually, it was kind of like being enlightened a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, um, all the years I've been lifting weights, I, I believed that, you know, everybody's always talking about eating and eating and eating. So y you eat and eat and eat, not realizing that. All you're doing is moving further away from where it is you want to be. Mm -hmm. And when I read the Ideals of uh, Proportions book and Eat, Stop, Eat, and the Anything Anything Goes diet, started realizing that uh, maybe 
what I'm doing isn't the isn't the most the the best thing for my body, and it definitely wasn't the healthiest because I I couldn't go up a flight of stairs without being really really wore out. <laughs> okay, so so then so so it's a bit of an enlightenment. So you you're comfortable with our theory, and then you try to. It's like so. At what point do you decide to do the contest? Like how long into using our stuff do you decide to uh, do a contest? See, I think I used. I think I was into Adonis for over a year. Mm-hmm. I was. I joined the community, but I never really posted anything on it. Mm-hmm. Um. Then I met a guy. And his name. His his name's Big Lou. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and I became good friends and. I, this at the point I think AT11 ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had mentioned something to me about the AT12 getting ready to start, and I think uh, at that point he had convinced me to post some pictures on the community to get a feel about where I where I was at AI wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at that point I was like a 1.48. Mm-hmm. No, I'm um, not. And that's not like, that's you know that's close enough that you can make a big difference there and get get almost all the way there, or at least that yeah, that's pretty but, close. Yeah, but that was after ten months of doing eat, eat, stop, eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what'd you think of that when you finally did your measurements? And realized, did you ever put together what it must have been ten months ago? Yeah, I, I was doing the math in my head, and it was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a new way uh-huh. of looking at yourself, right? You don't think. Until you see that number, and then you start thinking, "Geez, what was that number before?" Yeah, you know, it's really interesting too, because like, uh, as easy as the Eat Stop Eat program is, I mean, some people might think the twenty-four hour fasting is just a killer, but uh, it was really, really amazing to watch my body change over that ten months. And I was just doing—I wasn't at this point. I wasn't using the the RTD. I mean, I was just kind of uh, watching it, not not eating to the point where I, I felt full. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you generally, the, when you get to that point, you know you, you've probably eaten too much. Right. Uh, and then doing a once-a-week fast. But I, I don't really understand, like, if, if, if I understand Brad's theory correctly, he says that, you know, the eat-stop-eat mentality is you, you – you go 24 hours without eating, but you never go a day without eating. Never, well, people, never, never a day because 24 hours is, you know, noon today, well, right, noon but, tomorrow. A, when, we, when he says day, he means like a full calendar day. 24 hours. Well, no. no he, he said you go 24 hours, but not a day. So a day, uh-huh. a day means like you, you, you wake up Tuesday morning and then you go to sleep Tuesday night and you still haven't eaten. Then you wake up Wednesday and you start eating. That would technically be roughly 36 hours. Yeah, see, what I was doing is that like I would eat breakfast. Uh-huh. I would skip lunch, skip dinner. The next day I would skip breakfast and then eat lunch. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that, yeah, that still works. That, you know what, I know a lot of people who... Say 24 hours. So you're going slightly longer than 24 hours, right? You're like maybe 20, right. 28. Yeah, I know a bunch of people who do the same. They feel like breakfast to breakfast is almost not – they almost felt like they're cheating. They're like, oh, I'm already – no. They, they do, <laughs> a lot of people feel the same as you that they've only 
assuming there's three meals, breakfast, lunch, dinner, the way Eat yeah, Stop Eat's written. Way I looked at it. <laughs> yeah, the way Eat Stop Eat is written, you're only really missing two of them. And so yeah. I, I've had people just like you say, well, that kind of feels like a cheat. I should skip the other one. And so I've skipped technically three. So, yeah, yeah a lot of people do it the way you do it. Yeah, when you explain it, it makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's just because people are like, well, so I don't eat tomorrow? Like, yeah, no, you eat at some point tomorrow, but then you just wait and eat at that same time the following day. And it's not everyone does it that way. So, And that's yeah, the other think. thing. That's the other thing. You can, you don't have to go 24 hours if you don't want to. If 24 feels like, yeah, I can do 28, 30, then you do that, right? It's It's whatever fits for people. Some people just stop around 18 because it feels good. So it's, it's all it is, is getting rid of calories. There's, it's just a, it's a very simple way to think your way through it. Yeah. I always tell, uh, like people after the contest were always like telling me I was, I was looking really, really thin, but I told them that, uh, even my wife was kind of like, Oh no, you, you, you need to, you need to add a, a few more pounds. You're looking too light. And, I, I thought I looked really great, but <laughs> <laughs> well, that you know, that's just because they're not used to seeing you that way, right? No, yeah, no. And then if you look like that for the past five years, that's just that's just Keith. But since you, well, changed, I hope I can stay like that yeah. for the next. Five years. Well, you, you know what's funny though? It, it, it'll they'll eventually forget what you used to look like, and this new look won't. They won't think you look too small. It's just the change. This happens to everyone who loses weight. Um, mm. people are like, oh, that's, that's not how I remember you. Even if it's a better look, it's really hard for people to adjust in their mind. Oh, right. You're not, he's not that big anymore. He's not as heavy as he was. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting though, is ever since I, I hit, see, I think at the end of my contest, I was, I was 1.58. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, I had every, I had a lot of people asking me, well, I have a lot of people now asking me for advice on what to do. <laughs> And uh, yesterday, one of my friends was he. He wants to get in shape for his wedding mm -hmm. coming up in June, and he ran, I think, seven kilos uh, just to come meet me. And I, I, I asked him, "What are you doing?" He said, "I'm trying to lose weight for the wedding." I'm like, "You're not going to do it that way." <laughs> oh, he ran. He ran seven kilometers to come see you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, just to come and meet me, yeah. and I told him it's. I used to run 10 a day, and I, I looked like a bag of bones after a while. <laughs> yeah, that's not quite it. So did you give him some advice? Yeah, I told, you know, I basically told him that, uh, I mean, he's 13% he's body fat. Running seven, you know, five to seven kilos a day, it's, it's just going to tear him up. It's not going to help him. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not going to get the look he wants. I mean, one of the... Like, doing AI gave me the knowledge that I needed to get my nutrition under control. And I think that's one of the biggest pitfalls most people have is their nutrition. You know, and you can do any type of training program, but it's it's the nutrition. When it, when it all come, when it's all said and done at the end of the day, it, it's all around, it circles around nutrition. Mm -hmm. If you want a good-looking body, you got to have your nutrition in check. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then what did you – so for the contest, you, you said you never even did 3.0. What were you doing during the contest? I was doing final phase. Mm -hmm. uh, I was doing an IXP before the contest, but uh, 
like to me, IXP doesn't really focus too much on, on uh, like like targeted area, like final phase. You know, it, it seems to focus more on isolations and refining your body. Where IXP to me felt a little bit more like um, I want to say building and refining at the same time. Mm. The wave sets almost the X sets I think almost killed me. <laughs> Especially the leg day. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that'll be tough. Okay, and then but, at that point, were you also following uh, RTD? Did you add that into your sort of nutrition philosophy or not yet? Not yet. Okay. Actually, uh, yeah. The you know people people who are going to listen to this podcast really need to realize that the RTD is put in a place to pretty much take the questioning out of how much you should be eating. Mm -hmm. you, know, uh, you know, one of the things I've noticed by shadowing contests and, you know, actually being in one myself is everybody's so concerned about the abs. Everybody's so concerned about the waist. But, you know, you got to worry about your shoulders too. And if you cut your cat, if you, if you go way below the RTD, you're not giving your body enough nutrients and food to do the building that it needs to with the shoulders. Because in my personal opinion, your waist, if you're following the RTD, it's gonna, it takes the worry out of, out of uh, where your waist is going to be at. Mm -hmm. It's a patience thing too. People don't want to take the, they want it to happen tomorrow. They don't want to take a little bit of time and let it, let it happen as it's going to happen. Yeah, I was that way for the first... Six weeks of the contest. I, I my RTD was. Uh, I think my maintenance calories were twenty four hundred calories, and uh, my daily calories I think were two thousand nineteen to two thousand. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to, I was trying to you know cut body fat. So I think I dropped mine down to fifteen hundred or below that. You know, and then I, I on th with final phase, I added in boosters for just about every body part I thought was lagging. Mm -hmm. So I was working out probably six days a week, two, like I work out in the morning for almost two hours, and then I work out at night for another hour. And then after six weeks of doing that with an almost, you know, my nutrition in the tank, I was completely fried. Yeah, that's just, that sounds like you were pushing to overtraining for sure. Oh, I was well. I was I was well overtrained. I mean, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for taking a pre workout yeah. while I was doing the contest, I think I probably would have bowed out. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> so at six week mark, you start realizing I'm pushing too like this. I'm I'm trying too hard here. Yeah. The, uh, there was a there was a guy from AT11. He took second place. Mm -hmm. I think his name was James Honda. Mm -hmm. Uh, him and I were were were, were roughly the same build. I think. Uh, so I asked, I was talking to him about nutrition and he told me, you know, I need to up my calories and I need to follow the RTD to the letter. And uh, you know, at that point I started doing, I started feeling better. Mm -hmm. I, but at that point also, I think I was so overtrained that my, all the training I was doing was just saving the muscle I had already gained and was, was so I wasn't losing anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, so just maintain, but your podcast, uh, with your friend from pharma freak. Oh, Dan Gover. Yeah. That was a huge turning point for me after I listened to that. 
oh, okay, so what was the, uh, refresh me, what was the thing that really got you there? Uh, when he was talking about contest prep, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, what the what the contestants went through from the beginning and when they, I think when they were maybe three or four weeks out, mm -hmm. you know, their training and what their diets were, I guess, uh, I think he follows a similar idea with the reverse taper diet. Um with his clients, but it wasn't it wasn't the beginning of the contest that really interested me. It was the, the near the end when they started tapering down their workouts and the volume, uh, so that they didn't get burned out at to the point they didn't get completely fried at the end of the contest and suffer an injury so they couldn't finish it. Mm -hmm. Well, at the end, the there's only two. Yeah, there's there's a couple things you can do. You can taper up your workouts. And taper up your calories workout volume maybe not intensity but volume so what, yeah. I, what I say is stick keep your weights as they are and then add in some low intensity cardio and that as you're taping your calories up you can add in some low intensity work but you can't add in more high intensity work or what he does you got to taper down the intensity and volume of the high intensity training because he's also going to keep their calories relatively low so you can't, you can't do both. Like something has yeah. to give. If training stays up, and calories start coming up. Intensity has to come down. Or if calories are, if the calories are going to stay low, you, you or even go lower, the the training has to come down. Like you, something has to give. Yeah, my training had to come. I, yeah, we'll get into less. Look, the last four weeks of the contest was the big, the biggest turning point. All right, we'll talk about that. In my fat loss and. Uh, it was the last four weeks that made me hate chicken, too. <laughs> That's all you ate, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, what did you do in those last four weeks? Um. Well, I remember Brad talking about, like, if you fast, like, so, a lot of people were talking about it on the blog, about they just, it seemed like their fat burning just, just stopped. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody, so you hear people start talking about, oh, no, what am I doing wrong? You know, I'm not burning any fat anymore. You know, after doing the same type of fasting for 11 months, mm -hmm. my body started to slow down too. Mm -hmm. I think because of the overtraining too, my body was like saying, we can't, we have no more calories to get rid of. Mm -hmm. So I decided to start doing a 16-8 protocol okay. like every day. Yep. And then fast it. I would change the day uh, that I would fast on to kind of mix to mix my fasting schedule up. Mm -hmm. But because the sixteen four or the sixteen eight, along with a twenty four hour fast, seemed to be a little too much for my body. In the last three weeks of the contest, I probably lost the most weight in those last three weeks than I did the previous nine. Or body fat wise, not weight. Let me sure. I, no, that's I yeah. That, yeah. that makes sense. I mean, my my weight only changed four to six pounds. I think. Let me see. I was seventy. I was eighty kilos. I think I got down to seventy two or seventy four mm -hmm. uh, by the end of the contest. So my weight didn't really change too much. Um, but the the amount of body fat changed immensely. It was unbelievable. When the day I took my pictures, I couldn't believe 
how much how how muscular my body looked mm -hmm. okay and then so you're looking at your before and your after pictures um what so i i guess you're happy with the progress yeah yeah i thought i was a little on the thin side but you know i like i understood what happened during my contest i think if i had followed the rtd from the beginning i think my gains would have been better mm-hmm but like I said, I was so overtrained halfway through um, by the time I got my nutrition back on track. I mean, I think if the contest had been like a 20-week contest, mm -hmm. I think my overall look would have been a lot different. Well, you live and you learn, right? This is a lot. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's hard, even though you probably, you know, even if people read all the material and are bought all in, as soon as they, this, the next challenge is is pacing yourself and actually doing what the program says in the contest versus I'm going to cheat the program and I'm going to go twice as hard and I'm going to have twice as many results. And, yeah. and like you said, six weeks in, you're like, oh my God, I might actually just be six weeks behind now. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt too. Mm -hmm. When it came to like, uh, when it came to, like I was really focused on like my rear delts. Mm -hmm. Uh Just all the, all the presses, all the bench pressing and my overhead pressing maybe years of pressing wrong my front my my front delts seemed to swallow most of my my shoulders so i backed off the front delt work and just focused on the rear delts and they they made i think i gained like half an inch mm -hmm. uh on my rear delts well i mean uh, and that's that's a smart adjustment if you notice that you think you're out of balance and that's one thing we tell people right like you got to look at yourself and at least try to decide where you think more work needs to be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's one of the things on the blog. People are always asking, you know, what boosters do I add in? You know, you just well, you got to be a certain leanness to even know. Yeah, like well, that. I mean, if, if if you're like a newbie, if you're somebody new to to lifting weights, I think that you know, if you if for instance, you know, if you got like this this really big divot in between your front delt and your in your chest, you know, you might want to focus on doing some, you know, some incline pressing to kind of, you know, fill in that gap a little bit. I, I personally recommend using the advanced uh, chest booster. Mm -hmm. It's very that that brought my chest up really quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's a bit of self-assessment. A certain amount of leanness is required to even notice which muscle really needs work, and then. But you can't bring them all up. You gotta, you gotta. <laughs> no. say, you're right. You can't. Oh, I'm just gonna boost everything. It's no. That's not how it works. It's like you gotta kind of. You're not gonna do it in 12 weeks anyway. No, no. And that's the other <laughs> trick with the contest. Um, I kind of want to make a point here. Is is the contest is 12 weeks, but it doesn't mean you're gonna get all the way to AI in 12 weeks. Right. Just because the contest is 12 weeks doesn't mean everyone gets there. It was like, well, I followed the program perfectly. Yeah, but it matters how far you were. It does, mm -hmm. But you can make huge gains and you can stumble and fall and mess it up and kind of do what you did and sort of try too hard and push yourself over. Like lots, I'm sh like most guys, almost nobody goes perfectly through the contest. Most guys like have like things that they sort of, they either overdo it or underdo it. People get sick. People like try things that don't work and a lot, a lot of that sort of stuff happens. So um, yeah. it's a bit of a mind game. You got to be, you got to accept 
the, like you have to have a lot of patience. You have to accept that on a day-to-day -day basis, nothing really looks like it's changing. But 12 weeks later, there's a huge change. And you can't yeah. make it go any faster. Yeah, that is so true. <laughs> <laughs> as much as you want it. You're like, oh, man, I'm going to work out three times today and I'll be three days ahead. That's not how it works. Nope. Yeah. You'd be three days burned up. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to have, like, I think that's one of the biggest challenges. Once you've dedicated to it and you've got the effort for the diet and the effort, you know, you've got the discipline for the diet, you've got the effort for the gym, you need, yeah. like, this extra level of emotional and mental control and discipline to have the patience to not try to overdo it. Like, yeah, you know, the, I think the smaller guys, the hard gainers, are the ones who who overdo it, and then the, the your heavier guys too. They they want to uh, like I was looking at the blog just before. Oh, uh, you got on it. The one of the guys was asking about doing a twenty four hour fast every day, and I was thinking to myself, you know, you you, you can't, you're not gonna push it. You know, your body's only going to lose, your body's going to lose fat as fast as it wants to lose the fat. Yeah. You, you, there's nothing you can do that's going to make it go any faster. And you could potentially make yourself sick in the process. So, yeah. yeah people need, people yeah. need to listen to their bodies. I think that's one of the biggest things I see on the blog every day is people just don't listen to their body. You know, if your workout says, you know, day one, day two, doesn't there's there's not like a certain set schedule you have to follow. Uh, for this, take for instance, my case this morning. Uh, when I woke up this morning, today was chest and back day, and I just wasn't feeling it. You know, uh, I should have listened to my body, but since I kind of got this mentality that if I don't do my workout. Oh, you know, I'm I'm not gaining anything. I end up tearing my inner upper chest muscle. So, uh, I now I'm going to be out for a few days. Yeah, or possibly a week. Yeah, so you got to yeah, exactly. And that's a good point that you've got to like if it's if it's not happening that day, it's not happening that day. And your 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 system is it can only be pushed so hard until it has to take a break. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like running a car at Redline constantly just thinking, well, then I'm just going to go faster. It's like, yeah, but the car is going to break. So Yeah, there goes your engine. Yep. All right. <laughs> so these, these are some good insights, Keith. Let's, we're getting to the end here. What's your advice to other guys who are in the community but maybe haven't tried a contest yet? Uh, my advice to guys who, ha who are in the community who haven't tried a contest or – who are shy about posting their pictures. I mean, I was shy about posting my picture. You know, Big Lou was, you know, he convinced me to do it. And, you know, you're never really going to find out where you are until you, you know, let everybody, well, I wouldn't necessarily let everybody know, but you get an idea from the community where you are at. I mean, there, everybody has a starting point. You know, if you're too shy or worried what people are going to say, you're never going to be able to move forward. You know, uh, after I posted my pictures, I, you know, I got some pretty good compliments about my V taper, but you know, I also noticed, you know, where the areas I needed to work on. And I, you know, I would ask community members, you know, what the, for, with their advice and, you know, for the community members who never take advantage of that, 
I, I think the road to be to reaching their golden ratio is going to take a lot longer than what you know they wanted to. And, and doing what, a contest, a, a contest, a contest is a great way to get to get closer to your golden ratio a lot quicker, in my opinion. Uh, I think if I hadn't done the the, the contest. I would probably be maybe 1.5 now or something. I just wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had the drive or the determination to put myself through what I put myself through during the contest. Mm -hmm. And once you did put your pictures up, it's, yeah, it, it is, it is vulnerable. It is a shy, uh, you know, it's a little bit intimidating, but it's not like people criticize you. Everyone's, appreciative that you did it and they all want to help yeah mm -hmm. yeah the community is great i think that's one of the, the best things about the about ai is you know everybody they push each other they encourage each other uh you know if, if somebody falls off the wagon i mean you got some people who do do the criticizing but um, you know for the most part the guys are like you know don't worry about it you know T tomorrow's another day you know just keep keep forging ahead and you know it's it's great to have a group of guys like that you know standing behind you and pushing you even the guys in the contest you know you're competing against each other but everybody's got the same goal yeah and no one really cares to beat anyone else they want to see everyone do well yeah yeah but also for the guys in 1813 or at 13 uh Contest prep, I think, is very important. Uh, yeah, I used I I used uh, a skin toner or uh, oh for the photos, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say, I would say do your homework when it comes before you if you decide to use one. Uh, I I had two. I had a dream tan and some pro tan, but the pro tan leaves a color on, on your skin afterwards. And I, I teach, so you know here here it would it would have been around winter time. So me having a real dark tan <laughs> in the, in the in, <laughs> it would have been kind of weird. Yeah. So, so the the dream tan that I use, if anybody plans on using that, I I, I would suggest lightly using it because the more you use it seems like the smoother you look oh interesting uh, i noticed yeah the dream tan yeah. when i use that with my pictures i noticed my body looks smoother than what it what it what it actually was yeah. and, then, and then uh if you really want to get the rock hard look um dry out yeah do the do the water deplete <clears throat> oh i didn't do it yeah i mean See, I usually drink six liters of water a day. Oh, okay. Uh, so, I mean, all I, if I want to do a water deplete, all I got to do is just drink a, a liter of water a day, and I'm, I'm feeling it. Yeah, because you, you, you're already very hydrated, yeah. Yeah, I literally went 17 hours without water and 24-hour fast, mm -hmm. or 36-hour fast the day of my photos. How'd that feel? Uh, well, actually, I didn't really feel anything. <laughs> I, I, I took a pre-workout. Uh -huh. I took so I took a pre-workout, 
and I ate a banana right bef- like maybe half hour before my pictures to get the glycosogen in my muscles and make them kind of stand out a little bit. The interest, the funniest thing was I started sweating <laughs> because of the dream tan and my sweat was red from the pre-workout. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. My wife thought my wife thought I was bleeding. <laughs> oh, oh man. All right. Well, I mean that that's interesting. So, um Okay, well, I mean, I think that's a good place to leave it unless you have something else. Nope. Uh, you know, I want to thank everybody at AI. I mean, this is – it's a really great program. Uh, it's the only program I've ever done, actually, that has ever uh, delivered on their promises uh, on what you – what your body actually looks like. I mean – I don't think there's any greater advertisement than all the members on the blog who have who have worked their butts off to to get their bodies as close as possible to their AI score. I mean, you know, you see picture when you like if you go to different workout programs, you see I, I'm telling you, I see some of the same people, same people's pictures on different workouts. Mm-hmm. You know, some people people are posting the same people's pictures on every single workout. So, you know, obviously, they didn't get their body from that workout. But with AI, you know, everybody's body is pretty much, you know, it's, it's similar. When you get you get near the one point, what, the six one or six four, everybody's body starts taking on the same shape. So you know, it's the program and the nutrition and. uh the it this program has left me and I'm not, not just the workout program but the information nutritionally uh I'm no longer like freaking out when I eat too much or if my waist goes up two inches I'm like oh no what am I gonna do uh because going through the contest has given me the knowledge I need to eat right and to train right without having to worry about whether or not I'm doing doing something wrong or I'm not doing something right and to get the body to get to a place where I want to be. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know, uh, so you've got it's it's a tool you always have now. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it, yeah. It, it is a tool. Basically, uh, I don't I don't question anything anymore. Before AI, I always I was always questioning my nutrition. I was always questioning if what I was doing was even helping me. But now it's not a big deal. All right, uh, I, I'm, I feel secure with it. But one question I have for you: Are you gonna do anything uh, with uh, body types? It was it was one of the. It was a topic on the blog the other day. It's something I'm interested in, I'm you, sure. Okay, so what do you mean? Like ectomorphs, endomorphs, mesomorphs. Okay, what about them? Uh, like the like the how how you know hard gainers. You know, if some people think that um, if a hard gainer trains like stress, obviously you know people believe that stress you know it stops your it can mess up with your hormones. You know, oh, preventing some growth. Um, yeah, well, we're we're trying. It's it's not a lot of information on it. I know just through some of our contest winners that seems like the ectomorphs can do a lot more strength training just to gain muscle mass. Like Vivek and and a few other people, um, 
uh, Adam Murphy, they, they tried double workouts and they, they progress faster, but maybe only certain body types can handle that. Um, mm. So, but the problem is with strength training research, like actual yeah. hardcore academic research, they don't, they don't divide people up by endomorph, ectomorph. Media. Those are more just descriptive things. Those aren't actually scientifically like validated categories per se. Like they're, mm. they're general descriptives. So like I, I've yet, I don't, I've never really seen a study that says, well, we're going to train 10 endomorphs versus 10 ectomorphs and versus 10 mesomorphs and see how they do. Like that's, yeah, that doesn't even I, exist, but, but I think, I think it should. And the data is not even there. So we're, if we view all of our contest winners and all of the guys who've gone through our program and, you know, we've got guys as guys in all of those quote general categories we could maybe start using the information we have to see if we could come up with a a better way to specialize things for those yeah i was just those three i'm just curious if uh you know because you and brad the the thing that oh, i i love the most about your guys' podcast is how full of information and research you guys you, you know the research you guys do to bring us the information you you, you bring us in uh, you know, I've read things about the ectomorphs and mesomorphs and endomorphs, and uh, you know, like I don't really particularly think everybody is like one particular category. I think. You oh know, no, you, they're not. There's everyone is a. Those are just those are just extreme descriptors. No, very it's super rare to actually see a true ectomorph, and when you see one, you're like, whoa. That guy is long and thin, and you'll see. Oh, really? really? Oh, yeah. You'll you'll they'll stick out like like a seven foot tall person sticks out. And when you yes, see like so my, a true my muscles, when you see my a, muscles are really long and lanky. Yeah, but you're not a, you're not a trajectomark, probably. Like, I mean, when you see one, you'll know. You're like, wow, that's a kind of like Reggie Miller, the <laughs> basketball player. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like he's six foot seven and he's only 180 pounds. Like that's. Now, oh, okay. now you're talking true ectomorph, or like a true, true, pure mesomorph. You're talking about pro football players, like linebackers and, and running backs, like guys who are naturally super muscular and dense and lean and never lifted a weight. And then true endos are just really, really big guys. So it, everyone else is some mix of the three. And so you think that uh. Uh, every every body type. Now, I, I I wouldn't necessarily categorize by by body type, but uh, would you say that people who are generally on the lighter side probably should keep their rep schemes a little not lighter, like like between the eight and tens? Uh, or no, it's not that it's not that simple, and it wouldn't just be down to reps. It would be it would be all of it. It would be volume. Like volume and intensity and frequency, I wouldn't. I would never narrow it down to reps. It would be how that person approaches their training over time. So, so yeah, there's a lot more to it, but we it is something we'll dig into, and I guess that would be the next thing we're gonna look at. Is we got the base program. It need it can be modified for an endoectomies or wherever you are. That would have to go off of a direct. Um, a look at your pictures like with a coach and that's something we might introduce as a coaching program where to get this next level of specialization um myself or some somebody on our coaching team will be will look at your pictures do a, an assessment and then start like wow this is how we tailor the program for your exact body so that's something that is coming um oh. it's interesting that you asked but that is something we are working on so it'll be coming this year 
Uh, one more thing. Yeah. How do you how do you judge how do you tell like the muscle index? How it says what did the muscle index it said something like uh, use the muscle index to judge your your overall performance. Yeah. Performance. Yeah. I, I mean, what's a good number? Or what's not a good number? Oh, uh, I think I think I think mid thirties is really good, and I think forty would be like ultra exceptional. From what, what I from what I remember. Oh. What are you? Uh last time I did it, I think I was like a thirty-four or something like that. So <laughs> um, but I mean there's people higher than me, so it's not like What's I'm, what's Brad's? No, I don't know. He, I don't think he's done it in anytime soon. But he'd be very close to me given his numbers and given his like what we know of his last DEXA scan compared to mine, we're almost the same. So his muscle index would be almost the same. It's just another. Uh, it's just another way of categorizing yourself. Yeah, I, I just. I was just curious. Uh, I, I plugged my numbers into it the other day, and I, I think I was close to. I think I was like twenty nine or something. I wasn't yeah, sure if that oh, was good or bad. Twenty nine's good. Anything above thirty is getting really good. And I, I was actually. And I think forty to me would be like the upper end of what's possible from what you know, clean, anyways, like naturally. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. we got to uh, we got to wrap this thing up here. So uh, yeah, I know you got a coaching yeah, call. Coming I do, up. I do. Uh, <laughs> but that was a, this was a great this was a great podcast, and congratulations uh, for your placing in the contest. So for Keith Coombs, I'm John Barbin, and that's your Adonis Index podcast.